Hey fam, it's Lexi here to welcome you to the You Can Through Christ podcast. I am so honored and excited you're here. I pray these words give you the confidence to know you can do all things through Him. He is for you, loves you, and made you for an exact purpose for this life and the one to come. Stay tuned to find out. All right, guys, we're back, and I have Jared back on with us. Hi, Jared. Hi, Lexi. Excited to have you back on. So um, we're going to really dive into um, our Christian faith and the origins of the church. Yep. So the last point that I kind of want to touch on is the importance of understanding the history of the church and where we come from, because we are inheritors Mm -hmm. of the Christian tradition and the Christian church. So the point that I want to bring up is uh, one of my favorite historical figures, uh, Constantine the Great, and the role that he played in establishing Christian doctrine. So this is going back to about the times of around 300 AD. Uh, So Rome, we're still with the Roman Empire. That was Rome, the Roman Empire. Yep. They had been (laughs) pagan pretty much ever since exactly ever since their founding Mm -hmm. they borrowed a lot of their gods from the greeks Mm -hmm. and so that's where you get guys like zeus is called jupiter Mm -hmm. now so they pretty much just changed the name i always their own i'm my last name hermes everyone's always like hermes hermes the messenger i get that so many times (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure but they they have a a roman version of of uh that god of all of them so Mm -hmm. they're that's what they've been believing in for uh ever since they were founded. Mm-hmm. So about eight, 800 years, mm-hmm. they, they've been pagan. And so um, at this time, the 300s, Rome is coming out of a very dark time in their history, filled with disease, famine, civil wars, um, invasions from barbarians. So they were on the brink of collapse and an emperor called Diocletian said, we need to reform all of this and we need to, otherwise we're gonna fall. So he comes and he splits the empire into four equal sections. Okay. And um, he says, we're done with the one guy in charge of everything. That's not working anymore. So we're going to have two guys who control half of the empire. So two out of the four sections. And they're going to be called the Augustus. They're the senior rulers. And then to help out the Augustus, the two Augusti, We're going to have two junior emperors, one for each of them, who rule, again, one-fourth of the empire. And they're going to be called our Caesars. So you have the senior Augusti and the junior Caesars. And so um, that's kind of briefly the new structure that we're working with. I could go into much more detail, but we don't have time. (laughs) Okay. So my boy Constantine was the son of the Western Augustus, whose name is Constantius. Romans were not very clever with their names. They <laughs> like to repeat themselves a lot. Yeah. So that's the only time that we'll mention Constantius. Okay. Yeah, we're going to focus on Constantine. So Constantine is coming to age um, as his father's son. He's going around with him with the armies and he's serving with some of the other rulers to kind of see what things look like on this part of the empire. And what are okay. things going on in here? So eventually, though, he comes back to serve under his father and his father dies. And so um, 
Constantine's been with his father forever. His troops love him. He's like a rock star to them. <laughs> and they're like, well, we're sorry your dad died. Mm -hmm. We think you should be in charge. <laughs> so, and Constantine's like, I should be in charge. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Idea. <laughs> the troops love me. Yeah. I want to be in charge. So they're like, Why not? Constantine's in charge. Okay. And so um, at this time, Diocletian, the guy that formed it all, is out of the picture. Mm -hmm. He's not dead. He's just retired. Okay. <laughs> so his kind of lieutenant is a guy named Galerius. Okay. Uh, Galerius is not a good guy. So Galerius is now one of the two Augusti, the senior emperors. Okay. He does not like Constantine at all. He sees him as a rival, as a rock star who's a, uh, um, a threat to him. So Constantine is... Um, above Galerius. Sorry, Galerius no. is above. Okay, Galerius, Galerius is, above. is at the okay. top. And so Constantine, okay. um, he Galerius and Constantine's dad were equals. Okay, gotcha. and so his troops want to make Constantine the new equal oh, with okay. Galerius, but Galerius says, "No, no, we're not doing." No, that. I'm sure. And so, kind of um, like Saul and David a little bit. A little, a little bit, bit, yeah. Okay. A little jealous. Okay. A little, a little envious of how popular he is. Sure. And so he says, I don't want a civil war, man. This is Galerius talking. Okay. He says, you can be the junior partner over on that half of the empire, but I'm going to name my buddy to be my equal. Okay. So that works for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and Constantine's like, well, we'll just kind of see how things go. So okay. I'm going to be the junior partner over on this side, and we'll see how things go. Now, Galerius, like I mentioned, was not a good guy. Mm -hmm. He hated christians with Ugh. a passion and so he's over on the eastern half of the empire just persecuting them to no end okay. he's like we're taking your stuff we're taking all the church's stuff we're going to seize your property we're going to throw you in jail we're going to kill you if i feel like it and so the eastern half oh of the empire is gosh. a bad place for the christians to be Constantine's over on the western half mm -hmm. which is modern day britain france and spain okay. and he's like i don't really got a problem with yeah. the christians you guys are cool okay he, he's pagan like all good romans okay. good romans yeah. at the time were <laughs> yeah you know so he's like i don't really got a problem with them okay i don't even like galerius sure. he's a jerk sure he, he took me out of what my father and my yeah, father was supposed to, be to give me yeah i don't really like him i'm gonna do the sure. opposite of what he did okay and so um because galerius is not a good guy he mm. gets a couple other enemies and so um the senior partner that he had Galerius had appointed above Constantine mm -hmm. um, has a rebellion on his hands with okay. a another ruler whose name is Maxentius. He'll come into play later. Okay. But the western half is in complete disarray because uh -huh. now um, who knows who's in charge anymore? Yeah. So Constantine and Maxentius are just like, we both hate Galerius. Yeah. Let's just split it and we'll rule the Western half ourselves. And so they're like, cool. <sighs> that doesn't last for too long. Okay. Constantine, for how much I love him, he's a bit of an ambitious fellow. <laughs> he does not want to just, oh, no. just stay as his little ruler of a fourth of the empire. Yeah. And so him and Maxentius, the guy mm -hmm. who is a re rebelling against Galerius, mm -hmm. um, or sorry, Galerius's pick for the Western half, yep. they go to war. Okay. And they said, sorry, buddy, the Western half's only big enough for one of us, and one of us is going to come out of this thing. So Constantine comes down from Britain and France and brings his troops to Rome, where Maxentius is stationed out of. And 
they're like, we're going to come to blows. This is going to be the deciding factor. And so Constantine is marching with his army. They're on the way to Rome. And the day before they're set to meet, the two armies are set to meet, Constantine reported that he saw in the sun, or sorry, above the sun, the shape of a cross. Wow. Just blazing with the light of the sun. Almost like a Saul of Paul type story. It's a very <laughs> similar story. Okay. And there's two conflicting kind of reports about what happened, but um, from two different guys who claim to be there. Mm -hmm. Kind of the general idea is he saw the cross in the sky, yeah. blazing with the light of the sun. Wow. And he had the words underneath it, uh, Latin words that say, um, in hoc signo vinces which in English translates to, in this sign, you shall conquer, referring to the cross. Wow. And so Constantine is like spooked because uh -huh. the Romans in their pagan religion were very superstitious. Yeah. If anything oh, was out of the ordinary, they were like yeah. shaking, like what's going on? This yeah. is supposed to be right. So the rest of the day, he's like freaking out. Yeah. Like, what did I just see? And so God works in crazy ways, crazy ways. <laughs> so he goes to bed uh -huh. that night and he reports that he has a dream. Uh -huh. And in that dream, Christ comes to him and explains kind of the vision wow. to him and says the context, the contents of that conversation had been lost, but pretty much says Constantine wakes up and thinks that he's now under the protection of the Christian God. Wow. because Constantine was very tolerant of the Christians. He yeah. was like, you guys can just do whatever. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to hurt you. I don't even like what Galerius is doing. Yeah. So Constantine wakes up in like a fervor and he gets all of his troops and he says, guys, you'll never believe what happened. Um, I can't explain why, but we all need you to paint your shields with this certain symbol. And the symbol that, that Christ reportedly showed him in his dream is called the Cairo. Okay. Now the Cairo is the best way I can explain it. And if people who are listening want to look it up, mm. it's spelled C-H-I space R-H-O. Chi and Rho are the first two letters of Christ in Greek. Wow. So the way that it looks and the way that Constantine had his troops paint was it looks like the letter X and then the letter P in English with the P or the tail of the P going through the center of the X. It's a so, familiar um, sign. It is. Yes. Um, a lot of uh, Catholics still use the sign okay. today. And so that's the Cairo and that's where it comes from. Um, but yeah, so it's the first two letters of Christ. So he paints, all the soldiers paint this symbol on their shields. Mm -hmm. And imagine you're one of the soldiers like, I don't know yeah. this symbol, yeah. but my generals <laughs> tell me to do it, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> So the, the next day comes, Maxentius, the, the rebel, mm -hmm. um, comes out and is ready to meet them in battle. And it is a fierce battle. Wow. But Constantine, as the you know, brilliant general that he is, mm -hmm. he wins the day, um, forces Maxentius's army to retreat. Wow. And they just get kind of cut down as they're trying to retreat. Maxentius uh, tries to swim across a river drowns doing it and um so he's out of the picture he's not trained for that <laughs> no not trained for that not expected to <laughs> but go i was gonna say yeah, a little... it's it's pretty much a complete Man. surprise that yeah. this happened and so after that 
Constantine is now in control of the entire western half of the Roman Empire. So you can think of it this way as like Italy, France, Britain, Spain, and parts of like North Africa are now his. It's kind of what he wanted all along. Yeah. But, um, and so he's now in control. Galerius can't do anything about it. Um, Galerius, the famed persecutor, dies not long after and is replaced by a guy who Constantine likes uh -huh. called Licinius. So now you have two guys. You okay. have Constantine and Licinius are now in control. Constantine, the West, Licinius, the East. And they issue one of the most important documents, I think, in the history of the church, which is called the Edict of Milan. Okay. And the Edict of Milan, it's uh, 313 AD, so about a year after... Uh, this battle that Constantine defeated Maxentius with the, the help of the Cairo. They say, um, it is now the official policy of the entire Roman Empire that we are going to be tolerant of Christians. There is going to be no more persecutions going forward. Um, not only that, um, all the property confiscated by Galerius during his persecutions are going to be returned to the rightful owners. And I would imagine that's a significant amount of money wow. and stuff that they're that they're just handing over back to the church, back to local Christian communities and saying, we're sorry, that was wrong. Um, we're going to give this back to you. God's always at work. He is. And mm -hmm. so, again, that's 313 AD, Edict of Milan, a huge shifting point um, in the history of the church. The first really time that the that the Romans are like we're we're done with the persecution. So is Constantine? Is he? Do we know if he is a believer at this point? <laughs> it's very interesting. Okay, so I'm gonna get talk about that a little sure. bit later. Okay, kind of sounds wrap good. Up, but yeah, we're not sure. Okay, we're very. I mean, God works in crazy ways. He does. And it shows he can use anyone. Like going again, not to keep bringing him up back to King Cyrus. Like obviously we. We don't know, hopefully, before he died, he found faith. But at the same time, it's like, regardless, God can use anyone, right? Even Judas, yeah, he, it's just crazy. He can use anyone. He, he can use anyone use for his will to be accomplished. A pagan, Roman, yeah. uh, ambitious kind of guy yeah. to bring such a impactful policy. In what peace that can give us that no matter who is in charge of our country or yeah. our lives or our bosses, like he will use everything to fulfill his purpose. But it's up to us to choose do we want to be Peter or Judas or yes, what, what, what exactly. part do we want in the story? Yeah. Exactly. Crazy. So, yes. so going okay. forward, yeah. it's now Constantine and Licinius, two mm -hmm. guys in mm -hmm. control. And again, Constantine is a bit of an ambitious fellow. <laughs> like King David, he had his flaws. Yes. And he kind of sits around and he's like, well, I'm pretty great. Um, <laughs> that pride will get you. I think I'm going to take the whole thing, the whole <sighs> empire for myself. Yeah. And so he goes to war with his old pal, Licinius. Okay. And they had had tensions growing for a while. And one of the ways that Licinius tried to, you know, poke Constantine in the eye is he started persecuting Christians again. So even his edict of Milan, he signed with Constantine. He was yeah. like, well, we're going we're to ignore that. Uh, man, so and then so Constantine's sad. like, all right, that's all that I need to, yeah. to go to war sure. with you. And so they go to war and Constantine wins. Mm. So now when Constantine was a young kid, it was four guys mm. in control. Now it's just him. He's in control of the entire empire wow. by himself. <gasps> and so 
we're back to one ruler and luckily for the christians that mm. means who else is there to persecute us yeah it's it's pretty much over yeah at this point the edict of milan is now in full finally force. some peace yeah finally <laughs> and so um as you can imagine constantine is kind of new to this whole christianity thing yeah. he's definitely allies with them yeah at this point he might be uh, a, a believer yeah it's not entirely sure okay but um in 325 so about 12 years after that famous edict he's like well guys i love you but there's a lot of arguments happening um none of you seem to agree on what the truth is about this christianity thing mm -hmm. and frankly i'm kind of sick and tired of mediating all of your disputes mm -hmm. so we're gonna just get everybody together and we're gonna hash it out like all one right. big happy family <laughs> so he calls what um is known today as the council of nicaea okay in 325 ad this is in my opinion one of the most important gatherings in the history of the church like after jesus and the apostles have died okay. outside of what they did this is huge so at the time there is this belief called arianism and it is a kind of odd belief um that jesus christ did not always exist okay um again in john where it talks about um in the beginning Didn't, there was the word yep. and the word was with god and the word was god they yep. just kind of ignore that and they're like yeah. well, we don't really believe that so they think um people who are followers of arianism believe that jesus christ was created by the father and because he was created serves kind of as a subordinate role like he he's still god but he's like one step below um man it's kind of it, it's an it's an odd belief i'm not really sure where it came from yeah but the problem for the christian church and for constantine was that it was spreading pretty quickly oh, and so man. constantine and a bunch of these early christian church leaders they decided to get together and we're just gonna put it to rest once and for all what exactly is christianity pretty much what are the acceptable beliefs so he gathers all these bishops in Nicaea and he says, all right, guys, just hash it out. Just figure it out. And um, there are two major Christian doctrines that are established during this council. Number one is basically um, what the Trinity is, that you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are equal but separate. Mm -hmm um there's no like somebody was created by somebody else or sure. somebody is above somebody else yeah they're all equal they've always existed yes they established that that is firm christian mm -hmm. belief yes and so the arians are outnumbered and they're like you guys are now heretics mm -hmm. pretty much and so that's where we get kind of the idea of the trinity comes from is okay. the council of nicaea the other big thing that comes from the Council of Nicaea is called the Nicene Creed. And the Nicene Creed is basically a statement of belief that um, pretty much encompasses everything that they thought should be true Christianity. Yes. And so um, 
I'm going to read the Nicene Creed yeah. really quick. Um, some people might find it um, familiar. Yeah. So the Nicene Creed is, We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, begotten of the Father, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father by whom all things were made, both in heaven and on earth, who for us men and for us our salvation came down and was incarnate and was made man. He suffered and on the third day rose again, ascended into heaven. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead and in the Holy Ghost. So that's basically, I believe in this, this, and this. I love it. And very and so, biblical and scriptural. Yep. And they're just like, all right, from now on, this creed is our statement of faith. Mm -hmm. If you believe in this stuff, you are considered a Christian by our earthly and by our church standard. I and see so, why this was so important. Yeah. To develop. Because before then, you had, you know, um, you had the, the writings of the gospel. You had mm -hmm. the writings of Paul and mm -hmm. the apostles. Mm -hmm. But... Kind of some of that background stuff, like that foundational stuff about what exactly does this all mean? There yeah. really wasn't a huge authority on that. Um, so they were like, going forward, this is Christianity. Yeah, this is what we believe. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so um, this Nicene Creed was um, kind of updated about 60 years later. But um, this is the original language. And they're like, this is Christianity. This is what we believe in. Constantine said, thank goodness you guys <laughs> we, finally came up with something. We have a foundation. <laughs> we have we have a orthodoxy yes. now. We have yes. a Christian orthodoxy. Yeah. And so he wrapped it up. He said, good job, everybody. You can all go home. Mission accomplished. And so going forward, uh, Constantine was very favorable towards Christians. He built churches he encouraged people to convert to christianity and he basically was like this is how it's going to be now we are going to be awesome. a christian state and his his life was so impactful that after constantine died there was only one non-christian emperor for the rest of the roman empire's existence wow just one after 800 years of pagan rule after Constantine, only one guy went back. Wow. And I think it was like his grand nephew or something. Yeah. Um, the guy's name was Julian the Apostate. He only ruled for like two years, um, 361 to 363. Um, he tried to bring, bring back Roman paganism and no. was very unsuccessful. I didn't get it right. <laughs> very unsuccessful with yeah. it. And Good. the funny thing about Julian the Apostate is that he died under very mysterious circumstances. Hmm. where he was doing battle with one of Rome's enemies and he went into battle without his armor mm -hmm. on, like without his chest plate and was stabbed with a spear and then died like days later of infection. Interesting. And nobody really knows who stabbed him. Wow. And so... And why would you go to battle without your plate? Why didn't you Especially, have your... you know, God on your side. Yeah, <laughs> You're I mean, you rejected... out there. <laughs> you rejected God. You're like, I like the pagan stuff oh. better. Went out to battle without your armor. Was stabbed with man. a spear and died of infection, but nobody knows who stabbed you. 
very mysterious. It's very mysterious. <laughs> so I think all of your listeners can take that however they want. Yeah. <laughs> um, I certainly take it a certain way, but yeah. um, again, it's up for, up to interpretation. Sure. And so after Julian, everybody was Christian from there on out. I'm sorry, all the rulers were Christian yeah. from there on out. It took some time for all of the empire to convert, yeah. as you can tell with the, so many people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Roman Empire officially became a Christian state in the year 380 AD um, with the uh, the Edict of Thessalonica. Or Thessalonica. Um, I've heard it, just so you know, said every way. I listened to the Bible in audio. Yeah. One time, I had one of my friends, I said um, Thessalonica, and she's like, you mean Thessalonica? And then I've heard both, and I, it's all It's It's so <laughs> odd because there's like one way to say it that's Greek, yeah, one sure. way to say it that's Latin, <laughs> and one way to say it that's English. Yes. I think in English, it's technically thessalonica okay also. so there's like there's a ton of ways to say it. but anyway we know yes it's that edict in 380 <laughs> yes okay. so about um about 50 some years after the council of nicaea they're just like let's we're just gonna make it the official religion from here on out okay and, and this so, is the same area that Paul wrote to, right? In his letters to the Thessalonians? Yes, yeah, that's okay. the same city. Okay. So I think so that cool. might have played right a role okay. in uh, why they chose to issue yeah. the edict in that city. That his letter. So, um, yeah, Constantine, a very controversial figure to mm -hmm. some, um, to both Christians and non-Christians. Um, people are unsure whether he did all this for political reasons yeah what is the motive of the heart right it's it, it fascinating because he is an ambitious guy yeah he is a guy that has his sights set on ruling the roman empire by himself yeah. i choose to believe that the vision that he had at before the battle of the milvian bridge which is that bridge where um or sorry was the battle where he saw the cross yep, in the sky the cross. i choose to believe that that's real because I think that why couldn't God do that? Yeah. And why never couldn't put God, God in box. Yeah. take the heart of a pagan Roman yeah. who's in it for himself and turn him into one of the most influential Christian rulers of all time? Just like Saul Paul. I mean, that's the awesome guy we serve. Mm -hmm. Nothing's too much for him. Uh, Jerry, I also want to go back to, I love what you said. Um, so going back to the, Am I saying this right? Arianism? Arianism. Arianism. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I know, like, we disagree with this belief. Or it's this belief that Jesus Christ was created by the Father and serves in a subordinate role to the Father and that him and God are not the same. Um, like you said, going back to Scripture, John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God and with God, and speaking about Jesus. I also wanted to read us, too. It just made me think of um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 where it says the sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation for in him, all things were created things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he has the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything he might have the supremacy. Um, and then even after that, I should keep going for God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his bloodshed on the cross. Um, going back to that, too, I just 
Um, just love just for all our listeners too to hear. It's just awesome that we just have that solid truth that Jesus and God in, in scripture it tells us how they're both at the beginning. And um it is a mystery, the three in one. I get it. Our human limited minds really struggle, right? To say how can it be three in one? They're all the the same yet have their own being. Like exactly. God tells us have their own roles, but we know from in scripture, like Jesus is really clear, like him and the Father are one. Mm -hmm. And then he's also clear when he says like the Holy Spirit is coming too. So and it lives in us when we're believers. Exactly. And that's him. I think it's an important lesson too. Just always be on your guard mm -hmm. with what people are teaching you. Yes. And because even it can be cloaked in, you know, Christianity, Arianism mm -hmm. claimed to be Christianity. Sure. But it clearly gets some stuff very wrong. Yes. So it's always it's always good to be on our guard and yes. to talk to trusted sources, which is why you know the council was called yeah let's get all of our trusted people together and we'll settle this question once and for all yes and so i i think it's it's an amazing part of the history of the church mm -hmm. um constantine was baptized before he died and so i think that he was truly the first christian roman emperor and the impact that he had and all of those who participated in his kind of transformation of um the relationship between the empire and christianity is just huge yeah. for for what the church became yeah and i think it's important to know where we came from because we like i mentioned before are the inheritors yes of this tradition yes and so it's good to know our past to know where we should go in the future I love that, Jared. Thank you so much. I couldn't agree more. And this is proof of how important history and context and getting in the word is and relating it back to history. And no surprise, God's all over it. So He's all over it. Yeah, always. Thanks so much for sharing. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for hanging out with us. For more, go to youcanthroughchrist.com. You are loved.